I'm Kales, and I'm rereading Daisy Jones and the Six. And I'm Allison, and I'm reading it for the first time. Welcome to Novel Predictions, everybody. Uh, we forgot how to intro, so we did that like six different times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got back from visiting family, and we're recording. I was really glad to have a good book on the trip um it was lots of fun and uh it's just been a long ass day i got back from traveling and now i'm back in this state and uh yeah i'm glad because we're here and we're recording and we're doozing doozing we're doozing doozing this is this kind of day we're doing (laughs) jay-z daisy oh my god wow this is bad okay i'm gonna start this one more time and i'm gonna say we're doing daisy jones and the six which is super fun yeah, um, maybe our most of-the-moment book we've ever done. Yeah, people keep reading her. Like, Taylor Jenkins Reid is in the moment right now. And so, anyway, that is what we are reading right now, or I guess what we read. Um, if you're new to Novel Predictions, what this podcast is is two best friends who are challenging the notion that they can predict books. When you're like, oh, I saw that ending of the book coming a mile away, we're actually putting it to the test. One of us has read the book of the month, and the other one has not. We For the first episode, we read about 20% of the book or so. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode where we did our predictions for Daisy Jones and the Six, we highly recommend that you do that. Yeah. Because in the second episode, like this episode, is our review and we see how right or wrong said friend who's reading it for the first time was. And it's Allison's turn to be in the hot seat this time. Yeah. And I feel like I got some of the energy rot- right, but not all of the plot points. No, you you were a bit of a ways off on some of the plot points. I, I think I asked you flat fucking out if Graham and Karen were going to get together and you were like, no. Nope, yep, <laughs> nope, I did not get that one. Nope, I distinctly remember that. I love that they did get together, but let's let's just go back a little bit in time um, and check in because originally you were liking it. Yes, I continued to like it. Okay, good. Tell me more about that. <laughs> um, I listened to it again. Uh, it was a full cast audio. Oh, man, just the best. They didn't sing necessarily, which is fair. But um, interestingly enough, at the very end of the audiobook, they did have the music for Aurora. Okay. Like they had one of the instrumental versions of the song. That's cool. There was obviously like the PDF of the song lyrics because that's important. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really... I really liked it. Mm. It's always a weird one whenever you predict because you feel like if things are not going to go the way you predicted, it's hard yeah. to to kind of get into the story. We've, <laughs> we've noted that in, in previous episodes. Right. But I really enjoyed it, even though my predictions were not quite spot on. But yeah, I, I know. But you were right on the energy. Like, I think mm. that's a good assessment of it. The, the tone of this book doesn't ever really change. It hits home for movies that are like... Bohemian Rhapsody, you're almost famous. Those music biography movies, those biopics. Yeah, it definitely felt like an episode of Behind the Music, like that MTV show. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't. I, I don't. I, I think so. Okay. I was like, this could be an episode of that. Yeah. Um, from like 2006. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I didn't have MTV. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But I did get some stuff wrong. Um, yeah. In general, though, it didn't ruin the book for me, which is a feat. That's awesome. Yeah. So I really enjoyed. Um, the documentary style. Oh my god! Oh, it was so interesting. I fell in love with it all over yeah, again. So compelling. Yes, and I loved the reveal. Yes, the reveal of who is this documentary? Yeah, who's the documentarian? Right, it's Billy and Camilla's daughter, Julia. I was like, what the fuck? I was in my <laughs> car when I heard her like self insert. Yep, 
and uh, whatever. And the change of tone. And I was like, oh, my God. It, it gave me chills. And mm-hmm. also how I, I can't believe she got these people to talk to her about this time of her life. Yeah. It was such a good twist. I never saw that coming. I fully believed our documentary and would have been completely anonymous the whole time. That it was the like documentarian just, would have been anonymous. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I, I believe we would never know who they were. Yeah, not a family member, right? Like, no. Oh, my God. Just speaking of that, though, but like the fact that Camilla died, you know, I know the emotional beats were just so good the way they laid out. Yeah, they hit really well. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really glad to hear that because I I think it's just one of those books that is like all around good. You know what you're getting. You don't have to think too hard about it. And, And really... What makes this book unique is the style, the way in which it's written. And I fell in love with that all over again. Made me want to write books like that, partly because I'm a playwright and this is all dialogue and I am here for it. Mm-hmm. And the unreliable narrators of the different perspectives, story and the interjections, it's just such a play on voice. And I have to listen to the audio. I just should have done it this time around. But reading it is also, to me, like reading a script. And Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm just, it's a huge curveball and a departure, (laughs) especially from bone season. (laughs) And it's a huge departure from what you've been reading in general outside the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always been on my list of like, everyone loves this book. I should read it. Yeah. But never something I felt compelled to pick up. It's like the ones you always mean to read, but never do. Yeah. Which is kind of what the second season is about. Yeah. Right. So I kind of like that though because you know we were kind of doing the nostalgia thing this time around it's kind of like oh no this is one that should have been on your list sooner and some hidden gems now that i'm saying that it's it's that's what kind of strange practice felt Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. but bone season and daisy jones have felt like we should have picked these up sooner yeah and i feel like that definitely feels like our whole energy for this season yeah um us wanting to make each other read things yeah like you need to read this like we're making (laughs) you do it it, yeah and i feel like you're gonna like it yes exactly but i i let's go back to your predictions real quick Mm -hmm. because that's where they really start to get interesting i think one of them that you mentioned that i want to start on is billy and daisy Mm. because that's something that you were kind of right about but not in necessarily the again more about right about the energy you got the vibe that billy didn't want to love her right and and Billy, you actually predicted that Billy was going to leave the band. I did, which absolutely did not happen. No, but I found that it was an interesting vibe of Daisy pushing him out, which did happen, kind of, just not in the way you thought of. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about the dynamic between Billy and Daisy and how you felt about that. Yeah, so um, I believe what I predicted was that Billy would leave the band because of this tension with Daisy, whether it was physical or like he just felt she was taking over, which that tension was there. Yeah, they just sat in it. Yeah, oh my gosh, and used it to write music. Right, Which is a better story. Yes. Good job. It was visceral. (laughs) It was like viscerally painful. Yeah. Um, And you could, you were okay with putting up with it, you know? Yeah. That was another thing I liked about this book is that the emotions felt really strong. Mm -hmm. Like the emotional beats hit really strong where they were, um, where they were supposed to. But I didn't feel like I needed to step away because I was hurt by the book. No, I didn't feel that either. Yeah. And I love that because I hate being hurt. Like, I don't want to cry. No, 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 no. I just don't. I just don't want to cry when I'm reading a book. So that tension, I expected to break sooner. It broke mm-hmm. in the end. Daisy was like, I have to leave. Mm-hmm. 
I love the fact that um, Daisy left. Yeah. And and it wasn't necessarily Billy. Wait, I, I, I don't want you to go quite there yet. Because, like, I know that with, Davey le- with Daisy leaving and it has to do with Camilla coming in. And I yeah. want to get to that. So don't go there okay, quite yet. Okay, okay. I have a whole question. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I said Billy would cheat on Camilla again. I'm glad he didn't. There was a kiss, though. That's that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, he may have hesitated, but he did do it. Yep, he did. He did make the choice. Yeah, I love how fragile Daisy was, and how truly this look back on her being prop, like probably at least middle aged during the interviews. Yeah, right. To her. It's something like that. She's looking back at her young adult life and seeing how broken she was mm-hmm. using drugs, how she was using her husband, Nikki. Oh, my God. All of these things, all these choices she made and how she knows that she made bad choices and hurt people. But still, you can tell, especially in the audiobook from her voice, that she's in pain talking about how much she loved Billy. You can tell even in the writing, like just the way the voice comes off the page in this sense of regret and understanding in 2020 hindsight, that's what we're getting. Yeah. If this was a real person and I was watching a real documentary, I would bet that that woman was still in love with him. Oh, she is. 100%. She never fell out of love with him. Right. She's never going to act on that. Mm-mm. And it's like this unrequited, absolutely love or maybe unattainable. Yeah. that. But, you know, she's still in love with him and and you can definitely feel it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that their relationship. I love the fact that they were writing songs about each other. <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact that Billy denied it. That he's about her. Yeah, oh. it's about her. It's not about her. <laughs> She's like, it's about Billy. <laughs> like, I love the contrast. Well, especially because like in Regret Me, she's like, I just ran to my car and I drove to the beach and rode into mascara and I screamed it <laughs> at the band. And oh, it's just so great. Yeah, it's so good. I love the unreliable narrator is a huge part of this book. Ah, yes, it's so great. And they're all unreliable in some, one way or the other. But I think in terms of the emotional truth, Daisy's perspective feels the most true to me. And then Billy's in this like denial or not even denial. He's just ashamed. Yeah. But he's like putting blinders on. It's yeah. like he keeps putting blinders on, even though other things keep smashing in or coming in his way. And he's like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. Forget the rest <laughs> of it. I think he just feels so much shame for feeling these feelings about this person who's not his loving wife, especially after what happened with his dad. Yeah. And so, in hindsight, because again, it's like 20 or 30 years later, he's sticking to that fucking story. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels, that we're sticking to a story. And Daisy's just like, what's the point of lying? Mm. I'm laying it all out. I loved him. I loved their relationship. I loved how contentious it was and how painful it was and the music it developed. Oh, uh, it was so great to see that up close. Yeah, I also loved the secondary characters. Like the other members of the band. That was going to be my next question. (laughs) So we talked about the band breaking up Mm -hmm. as it was Daisy's fault, Daisy's downfall. And yes, you were right. And But I will say you were right about Daisy's fault and her downfall, but there were other factors. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I want to talk about are those other factors. Because one of the things I love about this book is that it sets up to be Daisy, Billy, or Daisy and Billy together, but it the thing about it is everybody has a part to play when this whole volcano goes off, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to get your thoughts on that climactic moment and how it ended for everybody, especially between Karen and Graham, because it's so real. Yeah. Yeah. So Karen and Graham ending when she gets pregnant and gets an abortion <sighs> because she doesn't want children. And he just cannot wrap his head around that, basically. Yeah. And he 
idealized her yeah, and he, yeah. she was never going to keep it. His, he, it was, he was paper townings her, right? Margot Ross Spiegelming her, like the manic pixie. He, he made her this Manny, Manny, manic pixie dream girl. I know what that phrase is. I promise. Um, it, it, then he did it in a way that like a young 20 something person makes their partner out to be. And she was like, no dude, I'm an actual person. Yeah. And I'm not going to be Billy and Camilla. No, we're not. Which he got there eventually. And I love that he talked about that with Julia at the yeah. end. Like, you know, d- your aunt's the love of my life and all that stuff. But this was heartbreak because it was puppy love. And that was valid, too. And it, their story just felt very real. Yeah. And it, it felt very like all these relationships that were happening between people and not just the romantic ones. Mm-hmm. The fact that Pete and Eddie were brothers, that no one... But the one who was like jealous all the time, I think it was Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. The one who was mad at he's Billy. Billy all the time. <laughs> yeah. Eddie became a music producer. Yeah. And in terms of the romantic relationships, we had Graham and Karen, Billy and Camilla, and then like Daisy as like, yeah, an, an she, she's there. <laughs> and felt, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Nikki. It felt very like choice had a huge role to play in yes. the story. And Graham and Karen fell apart because they didn't choose each other. Right. But I think they could have been each other's true loves. Like they could have been each other's only loves. But I think, uh, but I think what's so great about this is the regret side of it too. Right. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, it emphasizes the fact about choice so much more. It's not happening in the moment. And there's such a power to the fact that they're telling this story 30 years later and the fact that they get to, look at it and examine it from a 50 year old's perspective rather than their 20 year old selves when they were living it. Yeah. I will say, I don't know why, but I didn't expect the band to break up. So I I expected them to have like more albums. Okay. More time. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I guess that's true. They, they had the two albums, but the one was the big one with Daisy. Yeah. That was the surprising in terms of Billy and Daisy's end was it was the end of it all. Yeah. I'm surprised it happened just after one tour. Like I think it's fine. It worked fine for the story. I just felt like the emotions were so chaotic. Yeah. Can kind of connecting this to Fleetwood Mac. Oh my God, I expected this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask about it. Um since I know nothing about the Fleetwood Mac drama. How close was it? So Fleetwood Mac's story, it's a little bit different, but it's such a clear tie to Fleetwood Mac. And again, I'm not an expert, but the Fleetwood Mac storyline has multiple couples in it. Okay. The bandmates were married to each other. There's this whole B plot joke about Karen being with the light guy. Oh yeah. So that happened in Fleetwood Mac. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like one of the female artists, not Stevie Nicks, but I think the other one, I can't okay. remember her name. Sorry. She was having an affair. She was married to someone in the band. She was having an affair with one of the techs, like on their tour. It's a clear call out. Oh that's so funny. So that's hilarious. Every time he brought it up, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> the tension. Ugh, the tension between the headliners is obviously a clear Mm-hmm. like conversation piece i don't know enough about the relationships outside the band to know if it was like almost a cheating thing like i do know one i think the drummer and stevie nicks maybe were married and there was like cheating and drama so it's i mean it's clearly inspired um i would not say she pulled 
like a parallel story. Okay, that's that's good. Right, because that would be less interesting, I think, if she had done it one for one. So I like that it was inspired yeah. um, by like behind the music or inspired by Sandy's 70s band drama mm-hmm. and this free love movement and this insane drug use. You actually had a lot to say about the drug use uh, last episode. Uh, what do you want to say about it now that we're done? I did appreciate the retrospective that Daisy had about her drug use, mm-hmm. what she was coping with, um, but she was never apologetic about it, which I thought was also interesting. Like She was never like, I shouldn't have been using. She was like, yeah, I was using this to cope with all this bullshit that I was dealing with. Yeah. And speaking of addiction, I think it's also interesting that for Billy, Billy's fuck up was not kissing Daisy. His fuck up in his brain was the drink and the one sip he had. Yeah, and the like emotional punch when he took it, and he doesn't relapse in a like he drinks half the drink. No, he doesn't. Way. And then we don't we don't hear about him relapsing, right? No. And so in our worldview, depending on your point of view, he relapsed by taking the drink, but he doesn't continue to use. No, and he talks at the very end about being sober for like whatever it is amount of time. But the thing is, is it comes back to choice, right? The yeah. whole idea, it comes back to these confessionals and this documentary style of a book. And it's really, really great. Like, just the that perspective that we get by doing it this way. Okay, now I want to talk about Camilla. <laughs> because Camilla is the Eliza in Hamilton. She is the unsung hero of the whole fucking thing. And you don't see it. And you don't see it coming a mile away. Yeah, and that scene where she tells Daisy to leave. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. He'll never leave me, she says to Daisy. But she's, like, she's not threatened at all by him. No, it's not like you're taking him from me. She just says... Here's a stone cold fact. He's not leaving me and I'm giving you a favor favor by saying, "Here's the door." And it's but it's not, "Here's the door, bitch." Like <laughs> Yeah, it's like, "I want to help you. Like you need help." Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to be realistic with you right now. Like this is not going to happen, honey. Yeah. You need to get out of here and help yourself. Yeah. Yeah, she was like the mom of the group the entire time. Mm-hmm. She was the voice of reason. She had incredible trust and restraint. Mm-hmm. Multiple times throughout the book, she talks about what it means to trust. And you can't wait for somebody to like earn your trust. You just have to trust them. Right. All of these things. And on the one hand, it's like really lovely and it feels very, very strong. I don't know. Yeah, like the emotional maturity of that person is very strong. On the other hand, how much of that will you take if Billy just continues his bullshit? Yeah. Like there has to be a limit, but I guess she didn't get there. But if she'd gotten to the point where she should have broken away from him, in her view, it would have been straight up like emotional abuse. Yeah. And, but I think that's what's interesting, right? Because what this examines is where are people's lines? Because I think different women from Camilla in that situation would have left. Uh huh. And I have to point that out in the time period, right? Because I think about like, there's a story in my family about my grandmother and how she couldn't buy a washing machine without a man. And that generation, there's this sense of like, like in the Regency novels, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, this is his wife and this is his mistress, right? And even in that time period, there was still a sense of that too, you know? And even Camilla, they hint that she strayed also right right? billy's the only one who talks about it though and what i think is interesting is is it really examines where people's lines are because for some people the fact that billy and daisy kissed they're done right the fact that billy had a drink they're done the fact that camilla slept with a dude done right like wherever people's lines are and what's it worth to them and what they can work through that's what's particularly interesting to me about this one and camilla 
very specifically. I think for some of us, it's in like this weird gray area because it could not have worked. Yeah. She could not have kept going, like you said, and it could have crossed over into emotional abuse if he didn't or neglect or something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. And to have what she's describing as trust with somebody, you have to be detached enough from your worth and their worth needs to be detached from like each other, which is incredibly hard. So I felt like that really deepened her character. Yeah. And I also really liked that when we found that out and we saw that moment, we found out it about it from the daughter's perspective, which I'm just so glad you love. Oh my God. It was so good. I was like, there's no fucking way. Like I turned <laughs> up the rate, like I turned up my radio <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, are you for real? How is this? Oh, it's so perfect. <sighs> and she's like, I don't insist. I will not insert myself into the story. Like still call them Camilla, right? right? Not mom. Yes. But the only one who was there to witness this interaction was me. Yeah. Like Julia. So I need to make it realistic. That scene, man, to me, it's really interesting thing about women because in this weird way, they were and they weren't fighting over Billy. Yeah. It was never like active fighting. And yet it was like one woman to another one being like, girl, leave him yeah and it wasn't a he's mine it was a you need to go yeah you need to leave this situation which is a tough love conversation mm -hmm. that i'm sure you've had that we've all had with girlfriends in our lives yeah it was very much like daisy you're hurting yourself mm -hmm. you need to leave like you're hurting yourself you're hurting billy but oh, coming man. from like love i don't know like if you think about that conversation mm -hmm. it's bound to happen if you think about that conversation from any other character's perspective, it's super possessive. Right? Like, Ugh. back the fuck off. Or like, you know, s stop crying. He's mine. Yeah, but... And it was not like that. Mm -mm. No. Nope. I, I also love that Camilla didn't tell Julia about it. Yeah. She was like, she was like, mom said, never told me this in the interview. She says it, right? Right. My mom never told me this. And Daisy was like, I'm sure she thought it was my story to tell. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. And who knows? I bet she didn't tell anyone. Probably. That feels like the kind of person Camilla is. Yes. And it was dope. And it was awesome. Oh, I'm so glad you liked yeah. it. I just, I, I think you got the vibe right, yeah. you know, but it still left some surprises for you that were just like top tier. Mm -hmm. And then it left some really good moments, you know? And there was another one that we talked about, which was Teddy's role and how big that Teddy became as a father figure to Billy. Yeah. We didn't anticipate Teddy playing such a pivotal role when we were doing the predictions. Yeah, it's interesting because I felt like Teddy doesn't have a huge role in the story proper. No. But his influence on Billy is so transformative. Right. I also think it's interesting because Teddy's not in the interview. Yeah. If you notice the whole time, he's not there because he died. I, I know. And that was something I got wrong because I thought everyone was here. Mm. Another thing that I got wrong um or i started to freak out about at the end of the book <laughs> was like we hadn't heard from pete yeah and i was like wait did i misremember and like pete was never part of the interviews mm, no nah, he gets that one little part because everyone's talking yeah it's just like mm, pete Wynn did his thing mm -hmm. <laughs> eddie is mostly telling us like what pete was doing so mm -hmm. but in the end like he's like ah that's all i have to say <laughs> yeah i thought he had said something in the beginning but yeah. yeah, we just missed it. I, yeah. I think he introduced himself at one point, but then, but no, Teddy's the one who dies and Teddy's the one who's really not there. Yeah. And it's just very interesting how peripherally Teddy's in the story because everyone talks about themselves and they talk about the other alive people, but the dead person is talked about differently. And then 
Camilla is the only dead person who gets a voice because she died during the interview. Yeah, she died. What was like a year before the, they finished the story? Yeah, which is wild. Yeah, I think that's insane. Yeah. So again, well done with the style of the story. Yeah. I have two more quick questions for you. Okay. Um, and this one is, do you think this story would have worked without the style it was written in? I think it would have been challenging to have the story be as compelling as mm-hmm. it was without so many narrators and that quick jump. Yes. Like the jump from Graham saying some shit to Karen saying the opposite <laughs> or or the little tiny things. It was like the inconsistencies. Yes. Right. I, like all the inconsistencies, they built the format. It's so reminiscent of like Barbara Walters behind the music. These like early <laughs> 2000s, late 90s, um, which is when this is set. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like. Maybe maybe 20, 20 something. 2015 to something yeah. like that. I don't know. But anyway, it's that style of documentary. I don't I don't think it would have hit the same way if it was told differently. I think the story could still be told. Okay. But I don't think it would have been nearly as good or and I wouldn't have been as invested. Yeah, that's fair. Um so it, my second question, it's really more of like I'm gonna go on a little rant. But okay. the second question is, did you watch a TV show at all? Uh no. Okay here's my thing don't watch it okay um because if you could put on your director's hat and you were making this book into a tv show how would you do it i would do it like it's written yeah no motherfuckers no they didn't do that and it they lost so much of the magic they played the moments out in real time and i know i went over this in the previous episode yeah but they made it worse i wanted them to do it documentary style like the book is written and they didn't and it just ruined it i feel like they were handed this beautiful adapted easily to adapt book on a silver fucking platter and motherfuckers ruined it so i just needed to know i needed to know what you had done about the tv show and i won't go on another rant about it but i'm upset because they could have done it better so don't watch it i'm sorry yeah. I also, wish. it was really weird to see Finnick as Billy to me because he's just in the Hunger Games. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't see it. He's just Finnick in my brain. <laughs> oh my well, anyway, what is your rating for Daisy Jones? I think I gave it a four. Yeah, I gave it a four out of five because sometimes it gets slow. Yeah. Um. You know what? Actually, I think I gave it a five. Ah, nice. It's a solid, solid four for me. Yeah, I'm nicer than you, though. I, You are nicer than me, generally, <laughs> when it comes to book reading. Especially that. You are just generally nicer, but maybe that's why we're friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I gave it a five. There were points where I felt like, yeah, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it was still really good. Uh, maybe better for not being perfect. I'm okay with it being a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah. Do I really... I really want to make it like a stage adaptation. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, you should I still, do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It might be better as a movie, maybe? Not as a TV show? I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe. I just, I they can, did it They did it wrong. The music's good, though. Me. I will say, the music's good. So, anyway, I gave it four stars. You gave it fives. And so, that closes the book chapters <laughs> closes the book i'm trying to be punny and it's not working uh on daisy jones and the six i'm really really glad you liked yeah. it that being said what am i reading <laughs> where are we headed what's happening next okay so we're headed romance oh okay um we're going romance oh um, wait prediction they end up together <laughs> Sorry, not count. no okay fine okay so this is a book i've wanted you to read for a while back not a ton of time, but like... Are we talking fantasy or paranormal? Contemporary. Contem- okay. All right. Where are we going? 
So the next book we're reading is Two Wrongs Make a Right by Chloe Lise Leslie. So it's a contemporary romance. The female main character is autistic. And okay. The male main character is chronically anxious. All right. So they're incredible representations from what I read in my memory of them. So I'm really curious to see how you feel about it. Is it own voices for any of those? Do we yeah, know? both, I think. Okay. I, I will double check, but okay. I'm pretty sure. Great. Dope. Um, and I love the book with my whole heart. I'm excited to read that. That's awesome. I'm glad we're going into romance. We've covered the gambit now of ones and... It, you know, we've been fantasy and contemporary and yeah, historical fiction. Read anything similar this whole season. It's nope. Great. It's great. So, all right. Well, that's it for next month. We're going to do Two Wrongs Make a Right. I'm excited. Um, yeah. yeah. So follow us on Fable, um, which is a better app than Goodreads uh, <laughs> <laughs> for your book tracking. And uh, we'll be reading... Two Wrongs Make a Right by Chloe Lisi, Leslie something. I'm yeah, Kales. I hope you guys love it. Oh, I'm, I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. <laughs> Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye.